This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new special Geekscape. This one is the Punisher Netflix special. You guys know how these specials work. If this is your first Geekscape, well, strap up, because we are going to be talking all about Netflix's uh, recently released Punisher series, which Ian Kerner probably watched in about two days. I watched it in a little over a week. Um, but we've been putting a lot up on the Geekscape feed, so if you guys are subscribers to Geekscape and have been enjoying it, you know what we do here. Movies, video games, comics, and uh, there's a main show. This is not the main show. This is one of the specials. So if you have not seen Netflix's Punisher series, we are definitely going to get into a lot of spoiler territory. Um, don't know where to start on this one, but <coughs> uh, obviously Ian and I were very excited about this. Of the, Mar- of the Marvel Netflix offerings, uh, I think that we agree that the two Daredevil seasons are successes. Oh, yeah. Um, that Jessica Jones has some like really really strong episodes, but you know there's a little middle that feels a little softer. Well, well, it's success is an interesting statement to me because I mean <coughs> I think what we both we both have shows, allergies by the way. Just yeah, <laughs> we're, we're both hurting today. Um, I don't think anything wasn't a success. Everything's the a question success. Is, is whether or not it was at the same level. I mean, look for all the grumbling about Iron Fist, it's there's a lot that's good about it. Mm-hmm. It's just. But when the bar was set so high... Yeah, Daredevil you know, really set the bar high. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, especially when you look at things like man, Inhumans, which you probably didn't watch. I did not watch Inhumans. But that was so disappointing. So, um, so I, yeah, I, I guess I'm using the wrong words. But uh, everything has been a success from Marvel's Netflix. Um, but Daredevil definitely set that bar very high with yeah. their attempt to do semi. The Wire does the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And now we've got The Punisher, which spun out of Daredevil Season 2. Um, I did not know what to expect <coughs> going Same into here. it. Clearly, John Bernthal was great casting. We knew that in yeah. Daredevil Season 2. Uh, we didn't know how much this was going to continue the story from Daredevil Season 2, where he had been kind of a burned man after this uh, event where Frank Castle was part of a platoon in Afghanistan that had done some kind of shady wet work for him. For some kind of the, for, for, and it was, and he, they were working for people in the government that were kind of on the fringe morally. And he discovers this, and because he has the knowledge of this coming back to the United States, we know that it's in Daredevil season two, his family had been killed, and now he's out to kind of uh, 
follow the breadcrumbs back to who was responsible in killing his family, and it opens up this entire uh, just world of corruption that had to do with Afghanistan, had to do with the people who killed his family, had to do with some of the What Works team that he was a part of, and that is the big part of season uh, of the the Punisher season, which I almost called season two because Punisher was such a big part of Daredevil season two. Well, that's just it. You know, you said the question was how much is it going to continue, and the reality is that it continued very directly, right really off the well. bat. And I had a concern. I think you and I voiced this to each other. When we heard this series was announced, it wasn't a surprise because it was so great. Mm-hmm. But the big question was, what's the story going to be? Because whether it's good or not, it's about story. It's not, it, just, it doesn't necessarily write itself. And I, I thought they expanded on it in a really good way. The concern was, didn't we get enough? Wasn't it done? It wasn't the, the head honcho killed in Daredevil Season 2. And, and, and I'm, I've been looking forward to this conversation with you, ta- talking this out, discussing... Whether or not this was necessary, as while it was it was really good, did we need this story to get to where we ended up? I think I, I've said in some of these other specials that after Daredevil season one, it sort of felt like this need in these Netflix shows that every one of them had to feel like instead of starting it out with the version of the character we knew in the comics, they had to have an arc that got them to that version of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm postulating here is, I think maybe that happened here, though maybe not entirely completely, a la Iron Fist, which it didn't happen completely either. Right. Um, let me start off by saying, I really loved this. Um, it's been interesting to me seeing some of the people that aren't liking it as much and people are finding it slow at first. I thought it was really consistent and more consistent than the other shows have been. I thought that this was the most consistent I've seen one of these Marvel shows since Daredevil season one. Yeah, like literally most of them at around episode six or seven, there's a lull. Especially when you binge them, you really notice it. And this and one is strong completely. all 13. Yeah. Now, it's never hit, it never hits the heights <clears throat> that the two Daredevil seasons hit for me. You don't believe so? It's, what I'm saying is that it's really good, but I loved, loved, loved Daredevil so much at its best, right? Yes, I hear you. And, and even, even some of the other ones, when I love them, I really love them. This, I really, really liked it, but I always really, really liked it. Um, I always really, really liked it, and there were times when I loved it as much as Daredevil. And there were are p- points where they were dealing with the microchip storyline mm-hmm. and his character and the mm-hmm. way that they dealt with it. Uh, the intricacies of the Homeland Security uh, aspect of the show yeah, like v- versus the FBI and the CIA well, and the stuff that they were doing with Frank and his relationship with Microchip where I was like I like that stuff this is to me it was as interesting or sometimes more so than I thought any of the Daredevil stuff I well, loved this series so, so, so let's talk about this so one of the things that we, we've talked about in doing I mean I, I think we've basically reviewed every single MCU thing with the exception of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans sure um, you know, we've done all the movies and we've done all the Netflix shows. For the most, I think for the, yeah, I think if we haven't, we've covered our thoughts in others. Yeah. But, know, for um, the most part, yeah. So, I, f- I think that, um, you know, people that have listened to our podcast know before that I'm giantly into the comics. With Punisher, um, I have all the early appearances, you know, and of course the original miniseries. And when they started doing in that late 80s, early 90s, the several different Punisher, you know, solo series... I wasn't really into those for a while. Um, I feel like, in many ways, the character kind of got diluted and got caught up in that superhero of the late 80s, early 90s thing. 
and and it so happens that Jigsaw is actually a product of that period of, of the character. They give him this high concept yeah. villain. Right. For me, what got me into actually reading reading Punisher steadily, you know, beyond that stuff, was Ennis. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Ennis miniseries and it's Steve Dillon's artwork. Yeah, and it, awesome. it just because it, it set it back a little bit more real world and that stuff. You're so, talking about the Welcome Back Frank stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for me. Familiar with Micro, uh, familiar with Jigsaw, but the reason I'm bringing this up is whereas someone who's more of a hardcore Punisher person, and as is the case with most Marvel comic stuff, I'll, I'll pick up on the Easter egg pretty early on. Um, I was a bit into the series where I said, wait a second, is he Jigsaw? As opposed to most people... You're knowing, talking about the Billy Russo character. Yes. Just most people knowing that as soon as he heard the Billy Russo, most comic fans would have known immediately. I didn't know it instantly. I didn't know it till a little bit later. And then that's when I went like, I'm like, oh, he must be Jigsaw. And they cast Ben Barnes, who's like one of the best looking guys. And you know him from Westworld and Prince Caspian. He's yeah. a handsome dude. And he's a, I thought Ben Barnes was right up there with John Bernthal he as a, a highlight job. of the series. He was fantastic. As well as the actress who plays, uh, what's the name of the Homeland Security ex- um, uh, agent? Uh, McDonaghy. Is it Donahue? McDonnie. Yeah, McDonnie. Like, I was... I thought all three of those actors, and plus the actor who did Micro, just elevated this series. Yes. Well, and actually he um, actually had a a, a recurring on Girls as a character. Oh, really? So completely different, yeah. Played this character dead in Girls. uh, You know, he was... uh, I mean, if you're a Punisher fan, you got Microchip. You got the Punisher van there in the last episode. Yes. You get to see them roll up in the Punisher van. You get microchip, and well, this, this is the best version of microchip. Even the headquarters with all the rifles on the walls and stuff. This like that. is it's the all best that classic stuff. This is the best version of microchip there is because they really made him an expert, and he was an expert before he became microchip. They made him an intricate part of, in an in a important part of yeah. Frank's story. Yeah, they weren't these random elements who decided to team up in this inorganic way. I love episode three where he and micro are trying to work out their fucking differences and he's got him naked strapped to a damn chair. I love that. And yeah, that was great. And he's I mean this this was such a uh a, I mean the series had uh so much work done. Mm-hmm. That, like it was doing so much character work and there were so many intricacies to the plot lines that I loved it. I was constantly engaged with this. This is right up there with Daredevil for me. I loved it. Let me let me explain why I wonder. I'm just postulating <coughs> was it necessary. What I mean by that, in this sense, is so we have this storyline from Daredevil season two, which was a good, interesting way of what they've done in the MCU. Generally, is they take the source material, they make it their own, they changed it up. You know, they didn't make it a mob hit, right? So when you think about it, they've now with season one, they felt the need to expand on that, as opposed to, you know, at the end of Daredevil season two. If you think about it, Frank's now, he's gotten his revenge mission, and now where is he? What is his war? Is it going to be the war on crime, you know, that we're used to with the Punisher? <clears throat> and when it opens up, you're thinking maybe it is, but it's cartel stuff, and you realize, no, it's still related to that. Mm-hmm. And then... The guys well, on the motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you get to the end, you know, and he's saying his war's over, now, my feeling is, well, season two, he just needs a push in the direction to start killing kill- just criminals. Right. Um, I think something more, uh, there needs to be an, another right. exciting incident. Exactly. And it's got to tip him over again. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's still, he is who he is, and maybe he needs that war, and it was explored well. But my point is that they might have just done that 
for season one. And I'm glad know? that they didn't. Okay. Because I'm glad that they didn't just give him some generic war on crime or they had him against the... The, the you know in, in the first episode I love the first episode because it feels to me as a one, like a really nice like Frank Castle one shot mm-hmm. where he's working this construction site he you know he's missing his family because they've been killed but he doesn't know where to go from here and he gets wrapped up with one of the kids who works at the construction but, sites but, but and protecting the way that pulled him in couldn't the that have just been the inciting incident and then it, it could have just grown more well, and more from that yeah but where's the bigger I mean th- that was the mob right but where's the biggest ta- bigger tapestry for that is as it pertains to Frank's character. I love that they made he and Billy Russo good friends. Mm-hmm. I love the backstory in Afghanistan. I love how high up the chain of of command this thing went. Yeah. I love uh, the main bad guy, the bald dude with the, with, that Frank beats his mm-hmm. eye in. That was great. I love that entire action yeah, sequence I love all that. in Afghanistan. It's fantastic. I love the details of this stuff. Um, having him, it was. Here's why I like it. It was so incredibly personal to Frank. I agree. And but, the but mob quite, stuff would But I have been. a question for you. Go for okay? it. Okay? And here's the thing, because it, it, it is a little bit out of the comic, but the it's ultimately the Jigsaw origin. Did you buy Frank leaving him alive? Yes. You do? Yeah, because Billy is incredibly vain, and he needed to turn that corner, because Frank's solution, up until that moment in, in episode 13, and we just blew you a giant spoiler, and I, I watched that fight sequence a few times, because mm-hmm. I... I fucking loved it. It was great. It was I actually backed brutal it up and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, ben Barnes, the entire series is being called the pretty boy, and he's mm-hmm. so handsome, and he bags the women, and he's slick, and he's smooth, and he's he's got this new, you know. Whereas Frank comes back from war, and he's still very much a grunt, mm-hmm. and he very much grunts. Uh, Billy comes back, and he works his way into a slick private, you know, privatized security force job, and he's got this cush government contract, and mm-hmm. he's nice cars, slick back hair. And even though, you know, when Frank is supposed to be dead, uh, Billy's supposed to be his friend, you're waiting for them to realize, you're waiting for everybody to realize Billy's a bad egg. Um, but he was always the pretty boy. Mm-hmm. Even when he kills Donnie's partner, those are his lines. He's mm-hmm. like, not so pretty now, right? Mm-hmm. You still think I'm pretty? And he because kills he, over, him. he overheard him. He overheard say, him in yeah. the bug and he just kills him. Uh, the word in, in Frank the entire time is this is the solution. He and Micro disagree early on. The solution is to kill them. Ultimately, agree that when we find these guys, we're going to kill them. And the entire time, Frank is we're going to kill them. For him to leave Billy alone at the end, or leave him alive at the end, knowing that he's completely fucked up his face, and that drag across the mirror oh, yeah. was fucking brutal. Yeah, and he leaves him there, shot through the mouth, cut up completely. You see, like, Jigsaw getting born in that moment, and you're like, holy shit, this yeah. is the, the worst thing to do for this guy. Okay. Is to leave him. And Frank makes that turn of leaving someone alive. Right. Leaving him for the, for, the, for the police to deal with. Leaving him for the government to deal with. So the question becomes, when that works out badly, is that going to be the, okay... Fuck it. They all die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when no doubt in season two, Jigsaw comes after him. Right. And it's Billy with a fucked up face. Or, or, or is it going to be comes after him? Or it might be as simple as maybe he goes after Micro's family, who Frank now cares about. Sure, you know maybe that's the inciting incident because then whatever he gets into and cartels and seeing you know damage mm-hmm. be done. He right, he know. knows both their faces. Because um, ultimately, I really, it. you know, the comic version of the Punisher is is very Batman right. in the sense of what the inciting incident is. Right? It's okay, <coughs> you know, organized crime killed my family, so. 
It's not about revenge against the one that did it. It becomes about you have to kill all of them, and it can't happen to anyone else. But this was intensely personal. Yes. And that's what made it so captivating. Like, to Agreed. me, it was incredibly engaging. Agreed. And Bernthal just destroys it. Oh, it's fantastic. Th- this performance was amazing. Yeah, and I loved it. The writing was on another level. I thought, you know, Magdani um, was a character new for the series, was not mm-hmm. part of the comics, but I still wonder early on if they were going to end up doing the Lady Punisher thing. So it was interesting to me that they didn't go that route. Yeah, I'm glad. Which is probably good. Um, yeah. I'd probably rather see it later. But it's just that introducing the law enforcement person who then ultimately would become disillusioned because that's a, the Lady Punisher thing is a more recent character thing that was done. But here you've got someone who can break, who can believably, as believably as you can, give Frank that pass at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. And she has those two superiors who are on the level. And you needed those two characters. And that whole thing was great. Everything awesome. Everything with Sammy, even down to like Mary Lives Masfantonia's little coming like, uh, I think I like her, you know? Yeah. Like, it was the, great, because she the, had the them writing by the writing in the series, yeah. I think that this was arguably the best writing we've seen in one of these Netflix Marvel shows. As we said, it was, it was consistent. They had so much solid. stuff to do. They had to justify a character who's fairly unjustifiable. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and again, why I think that it's so important that they made this a personal journey for them. Um, and they they did it amazingly. I mean, episode eleven or twelve or, or ten when he's drawn these soldiers to their hideout, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Billy's coming to kill him. Billy's like, "I'm not fucking stepping anywhere near that place." And you know that these guys are coming in, and he starts setting up the traps, and he's just yeah, slaughtering great. them. That in the Afghanistan sequence where he's saving his platoon is just fucking awesome, and it's just brutality. Um, I loved it. I yeah. thought I thought the choreography in this thing was awesome. Uh, I thought it was my favorite version of the Punisher. Um, I do, I, I do love the Garth Ennis and, and Steve Dillon stuff. Uh, see, I it obviously, see that it obviously goes a bit cartoony. Stuff. It yeah. obviously gets a little loud with things like the Russian. Uh, but the even though they did some of that in the loved. movie, I'd still like to see you know more of that. Oh no, done. we need to see the Russian here. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, and, it, and it, it, it's a later season. You know, this foundation has been laid to now go to another place. Yes. It's like it's like now that it's like with with with. Daredevil season one, we had a fairly as much as you can realistic version of Daredevil. Season two, you start to introduce Elektra, you start to introduce Resurrection in the Hand, you start to introduce the Punisher, you start to introduce a little bit of louder characters. Punisher season two, I fully expect to hopefully have a little bit of the Russian, a little bit of a couple mobsters, some Barracuda. Mm-hmm. I want to see some of the loud characters start coming in and working themselves against what we just established to be this like almost... Like unstoppable, like force of nature. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things I really liked about it, and it, I think a lot about you know how some of the things Marvel's done with the different series and and movies is that hitting different genres. And this not only does it stand on its own, like you need to not have seen anything before, but you know we always talk about and. I hate to think about it sounding derogatory at all because we're big fans, but that whole comic book notion, and usually in terms of an adaptation, you usually say something too, too comic booky and that it's a little too corny usually mm-hmm. is what we mean, you know? The absence of anything, what I've called, of the fantastic in this. You know, there's no superpowers. There's none of that. They don't even bother referencing it. <coughs> no, it's, it's the most really real world grounded. Yeah. Uh, except for the background of Karen Page's office. Right. You don't get any of it. You don't get it. It's there because that's where we are, but it doesn't matter. And, you know, if you didn't understand it, you didn't need to. It doesn't mean anything. There were no wink winks. Yeah. There was nothing. This is very much the most real world thing that we've seen in the Marvel Universe. Now, did, you, did we need Karen Page in this? Um, a couple things. So, 
Uh, there's the kid who has the intense PTSD who's going to become the bomber. Right. And there's that storyline, and it starts really early. I mean, he's in that first scene. Well, he's in that second well, episode well, of Curtis. All right, so I think I know where you're going. I don't mean to cut you off, but let me say this. Going into it, from the early reviews before it had hit, mm-hmm. I'd read some people thought it was longer than it needed to be. And this is the thing that we've often said about Jessica Jones, which I really like Jessica Jones, yeah. but Jessica Jones should have been maybe eight episodes. It was 13. It felt really drawn out. I've said this many times. Um, so I went into this with an eye towards that. And that storyline, more than anything, you know, if that, if that storyline hadn't been in there, maybe you trim a, a couple of episodes. Yeah, and I but, thought... That but, that, I, but it didn't bother me. I thought it, it had some character stuff to it. I well, thought it would tie in a little more. Well, I mean, you see that, that the, the, the storyline we're talking about is the kid with PTSD who... Uh, thinks that he's winning, he's fighting a noble war, and everybody else is kind of sold out to the government. And he creates these pressure cooker bombs, mm-hmm. and he starts to lay them out. And he has Karen Page targeted, which a goes back to why Karen Page should be in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, as I'm watching it for the first five six episodes, the Frank story really has to pause in order to keep going back to this kid and his mm-hmm. his journey towards becoming this this deeper and deeper like disturbed kid um and the payoff <clears throat> didn't tie into the main story i think what that it did, did do well well the it, hotel sequence that entire hotel episode where it's right, told out of order it, it, it sort of did and that's in the rashomon it, episode it, 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 the, i like the rashomon episode it, a lot the the reason that that episode eight or nine where this this whole unabomber kid sequence wraps up is so important is it puts frank at odds with karen to a degree mm-hmm. um it is the episode where Donnie, Billy, and Punisher all see each other for who they yes. are and know exactly where each one's standing. Yeah, it's an important episode. That is huge. And it also puts Frank back as public enemy number one because he is in collusion, supposedly, with this kid. But what it also does is it actually, outside <clears throat> of his vendetta, it's really the moment where he's heroic. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's Karen's thing. is he can, He's the hero. He's saving people. Yeah. It's not just about his vengeance. Uh, the thing, the, 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 the pieces were... Even going after the kid, you know? Yeah. It's, it's about more than that. The pieces were that, where, where there were a couple scenes that I felt split. This is what else I wanted. Uh, the kid kidnaps Curtis and straps Curtis to a bomb in the kid's household, right? Mm-hmm. Remember Curtis? And Curtis is my favorite character in the series. Because I love Curtis, and I was like, please don't fucking die, Curtis. When Billy shoots him, I was like, yeah, Curtis please don't kill Curtis. Please do not kill the one-legged guy. Um, so when he straps Curtis to the bomb and he leaves Curtis for the police, the police show up, the kid takes off, the police are on their way, Frank is sitting there knowing that his time's running out, the police sirens are getting closer and he has to figure out a way to save Curtis and which, which, uh, which line do I cut, which, which of these things do I cut to defuse the bomb and the kid, and not wanting to kill Frank because he believes Frank is on the same mission as he, uh, tells Frank the white wire and Frank snips it. And then has to run from the cops. The cops show up, see Frank escaping, and think that the, that Frank is responsible, or at least in collusion with this Unabomber kid. They had Curtis. Mm-hmm. Curtis is a witness. Was, was Curtis's head too kicked in to say, hey, listen, Frank isn't a part of this? Right. Because when you then see them later in the hotel, they are assuming immediately that Frank and this kid are working together. They went up two different you know, stairwells. They're working together. Curtis could have really helped... Put a stop to that entire assumption. I, I agree. But saying you, you have to wonder about whether you know at, at what point anyone's even talking to him or listening to him. To Curtis, you know, yeah, people. Because of that, I, 
I, that didn't ruin anything for me. I was like, why didn't Curtis fucking say something? But the, I think that's part of the point. Karen saying something. Karen was there. Yeah. Even the whole thing about the you know, the senator being a hero and her laughing about that. You know. Right. I the mean, senator pushes Karen into someone in right. order to get away. I would have loved it. That's the other thing. I would have loved to see that come back to the senator, to just yeah. have him completely outed as a fucking coward. Right. Because he was. I mean, I thought he was. He was probably the most stylized actor in the show. Mm-hmm. Like when he was on the radio, I was like, oh, okay. But um, that being said, like the character was a lot of fun, and the fact that he was a complete asshole was awesome. Um, yeah, that, I think that hotel episode is where you know that at the culmination of this hotel episode, Frank's going to be back to Public Enemy Number One, and now that that storyline is wrapped up and placed Frank in that position. We're going to be cooking with gas, and that is where the binging really got heavy for me. I was like, here we go. This mm-hmm. is to the end. There's nobody left, but the head of command, um, what was his name? The, the main bad guy with the kicked-in <laughs> eyeball. Uh, Bauer? Yeah, I think so. And Russo, and well, let's see how this ends up. Wasn't it, it, was it Connor? <clears throat> Could have been, but, but I thought it was, I mean... That whole sequence is pretty damn awesome. Yeah, the, 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 this uh, allergy cold thing I'm finding has me a little bit cloudy. Me too. Yeah, I, I also... And it's been a week, but yeah. The other thing that felt a little loose was Madani not, like, searching Micro's base. Where, okay. Where uh, clearly Billy had um, Frank, you, you know, you think imprisoned. You, you, that, that didn't occur to her to go there? Well, you know, I mean... Yeah, it didn't occur to her to, to... I mean, to her to go there, and there had been so much did, activity there earlier. But... but Without them knowing, that's the only place to access things. Right. You know, should they have known that? It's an interesting question. <laughs> Obviously, um, Micro knows, and Micro wasn't right. saying and because he didn't, he didn't tell want him, to be right. right. Um, so there's that, and obviously the people who I, were I there earlier were Billy's micro, private guys. I thought they were going to paralyze Micro, and I think that's what. Oh, you to mean. put him in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, was when he got shot in the back like that. That's what I was expecting. I thought so it was right. awesome. Fine. Good call. Definitely a good call. I love the reveal that he wasn't alive. That wasn't dead. Yeah. Um, because I would have been like, oh, another bold move by Marvel. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's an interesting plan. Okay, so then they thought he was dead, so therefore they had to take Frank. And, and he that. was shot by one of the Homeland agents. Yeah. So it did feel like, wait, that was a little off. You know, friendly fire, that was a little off, but yeah. Um, that end carousel sequence is great. Now, what do you Amazing. think? Madonna just showing up. She just gets you know shot just like that. You know, like, Madonna took like fifteen bullets in this series. Yeah, <laughs> she took a look in and keep kept like taking it. Was it was pretty awesome. But, but it didn't it didn't feel like kind of like she showed up just to get shot. It was like boom, like, yeah. like it was like a blink and you missed it. Oh, she's on the way. She's gonna <laughs> save the day. No, never mind. And she showed up uh, after storming out of her offices without right. telling anybody where she was at. Right. No backup. Nothing. Which I guess is because. She's on Frank's side. What? You I know? love that Billy kidnaps the two teenagers who were trying to have sex. Yeah, it was cool. And straps them to the Ferris wheel, bleeding out. Yeah. And then at the end, again, we have Frank playing the hero. Right. Frank uncuts them, no, sets he, them down, he, he's and, he's, and he's just sitting there with them when the sirens show up. Mm-hmm. I was like, there he goes. He doesn't even care if he may go to jail. Obviously, he gets that pardon from the heads of the, of the CIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, actually, you, you we diverged a bit just talking about the whole thing about being back at Micros the torture scene where Frank where Frank goes through and, and even his wife and he, yeah and even Billy you know opening up his cuffs and then he kills you know the, the command guy you mm-hmm. know Agent Orange yeah you know? Agent Orange um, I guess that's the best way to call him 
that I mean that whole scene and then Frank's pretty much like the living dead at that point right you know I mean that was just brutal and just it was so well done mm-hmm. yeah the, I think that this cor- but they didn't feel like torture porn to me it felt earned Daredevil season one and two had some amazing choreography in it the fights were just brutal they're visceral everything works mm-hmm. this is there right there with yeah. it yeah. I th- I couldn't say enough about how badass the action was in this series, yeah, as it had to be. Yeah, yeah. The, it is the Punisher. Yeah, this has to stuff. be the most action-packed and violent and visceral part of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. We have got to see, on screen, people getting their brains blown out, and yeah. we saw it. Absolutely. There were no cutaways to a close-up of Frank as there was a muzzle flare off camera. You see the person, Frank puts a gun to his head, you see his brains get blown By the out. way, the same thing with C. Thomas Howell as, as the agent early as, on who was As dirty. Fox or Wolf? As Wolf? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. That, that, I love that fight scene. <clears throat> that was awesome. In his house and them, them fighting and then, and then the idea that Frank just, you cowed him into you thinking that he'd gotten, you know, the better of him just enough to, to talk. Mm-hmm. That was great. The, even then, you know, McDonough in the part after, like, looking like, oh, how brutal it was. Again, like, didn't like the guy, but damn, he didn't, he didn't die easy. Yeah. You know? Uh, crooked Cop. Uh, well, crooked head of the, that homeland department, and then the best is like you know he shoots the bullet into the dude's leg or yeah. at the dude's leg, and then obviously that was the last bullet in the gun. He gives the gun up to Wolf. Wolf now has the gun, aims it at him. Click, guns empty. You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, I don't have a whole lot of negative to. S- I don't know what negative I have to say about. This I mean, series. I, I've thrown out a few things just you know just to put out there. I mean, overall, I loved it. But there were just a couple little nitpicky things, as, as I've mentioned. I haven't you read know? it yet, Ian. But you sent in an article about how the show, like what the showrunners want to introduce in the season two, mm-hmm. is mainly like the rogues gallery. Yeah, uh, we talked about obviously this. I mean, I love that they wait until the last moments to introduce Jigsaw. Yeah. I love that he and Billy are friends. I love that whole thing because I think that's really important to a, a hero's storyline. We know that Kingpin's coming back in Daredevil season three. I mean, depending on timing and how that plays out, you know, I'd like to see aspects of that. You know, you'd like to see some Kingpin in season two yeah, of that, Punisher. That might be interesting. What about obviously we, we named Barracuda, which was like one of the loudest creations from Ennis. I mean, the yeah. Russian would be awesome. Yeah, but well, I mean, actually, all of that. I mean, Barracuda for me would be a, that'd be a Big deal. Badass with those teeth. Yeah. <laughs> just, just such a great character. Uh-huh. You know, you He's know, loud it, and awesome. There just aren't that many that really stack up. That, that was always the issue about Jigsaw. They've made it very personal, which is great. You know, but I think in terms of the comics, you haven't had Jigsaw in a Punisher comic in a very, very, very <laughs> long time. And I think the reason for that is it's just, it's not really grounded. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just such yeah. a super villain version of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're, you know, look, it, it depends on where they go with it, you know. But Frankencastle, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm saying, no, yeah. Uh, what <laughs> do you mean? He, he could be, be uh, you know, the, uh, have the angelic powers, right? Yeah, I, okay, so Geekscape is when, when Marvel, Max, Marvel Knights came back out and like the, well, started in like 98. They obviously had the new iteration of Daredevil that Kevin Smith wrote and Joe Casada did the artwork. And this was like the begin. This was before Ultimate Marvel, and this was the new, fresh take on some of these second, third tier Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. And it introduced that the Punisher was dead, and he came back as an angel of death, and he had like spirit bullets right. and all this stuff. And then after that, we had. A, I thought it was fun. The Frankencastle storyline that was written. It was by, fun, but it who, just who, wasn't who wrote Punisher. that? Who, um, that was uh, he did Fear Agent. 
Remender. Remender. And he did yeah. the, the Frankencastle where yeah. he's dead and he comes back as like a Frankenstein type character. He has like a, like an arm that is like Not, robotic. I, I read it. Um, look, you know. The it late, was fun. He's, the late, and he's working with like like Werewolf by Night and he's got like all these different it, it, like monster it, monster. It, it was people. definitely different. Um, <laughs> the latest issue of Punisher uh-huh. actually has its, it, it, its I mean, Punisher I, War Machine. Yeah. Yeah, where he gets the war machine armor. And now, see, that I don't have a problem with because that is not changing the heart of what, what he is as a character. It's just giving him another weapon. Right. But, cool. Yeah. So you, you haven't read it yet? No, I'm behind on Punisher like okay. by months and months and um, months. Well, I, I won't say who gives it to him, but basically the idea in it, it's thrown out there that, uh, oh, you're going to have this temporarily and you're going to give it back. And Frank's comment's like, I'm never giving this back. <laughs> you guys just gave me an Iron yeah. Man suit. Yeah. You guys are fucked. You, you gave me a walking tank. I'm not giving it back. I can kill anyone I want in this thing. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really is the perfect thing for him to have. Yeah. Uh, Punisher Season 2, you talked about the Kingpin. What, uh, what, uh, and we talked about some of the rogues that we'd like to see. Well, you know, How again, would you like to see him the, the, integrated the, with some of the heroes? Well, that's just it. I mean, look, it, it's... It's always problematic when you when you put him with the heroes. It doesn't work, you know, very long because he's not that. Right. You know, it's good for a moment. You know, they did a good job recently with the Secret Empire stuff that, oh, yeah, Frank, he's the ultimate soldier. He responds to Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. Even in Defenders, you know, in, in the comic that Bendis has been doing recently, they threw him in for a couple issues, but he doesn't stick, along, or stick around long because bottom line is that Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, they're not going to be able to stomach his methods. No. They're just not going to. It's not going to be okay with them. It does not last for more than a minute. It doesn't. And it shouldn't. You know? You, you kind of... It's oh, it's this classic thing where you don't quite want them after him, you know? But every now and then you'll have a story and it'll be cool. But it's not really what you want because you because they do beat him. Yeah. You know, with enough planning, I mean, you can argue he's a bit has a bit of that Batman aspect of if he could plan and take people down and they've done this many times on the comics but straight up straight up Daredevil kicks his ass you know and you know when you start bringing in things like in the comics like Spider-Man any of the superpowers like well he's a regular guy you know he's they did get do beat. some Batman Arkham Asylum stuff in this series where he's taking people out in the shadows yeah. <laughs> you know like he's awesome. he's stringing them up from the from the rafters loved he's coming that. in and taking them out loved that stuff <clears throat> I mean that's the thing he's the guerrilla fighter he's the ultimate soldier you know He'll know his terrain. He'll take in the booby trap stuff. I love that stuff. That's pretty awesome. You know, that, that stuff's great. But yeah, as far as like, I, I, don't necessarily, I don't want him necessarily to cross over too much with the others. You'd like him to cameo here and there. Yeah, cameo every now and then. You know, I mean, cause you, you always fall into that, that, is, that issue about, all right, I mean, he is in New York. He's running around. How big does the story get, you know, before it's going to get someone else's attention? But, you know, to big cities, other things are going on. Other people are involved in other things. That's fine. Um... We need a strong story that gets him after the criminal stuff. The other character that we got from Daredevil season two was uh, in that hotel episode. Yeah, we got the cop. The cop. Yeah, um, and that was fun. Yeah, that, I mean, it, I like some of that continuity. Um, you know, it's it is the same city. I think that's important. But you know, as I said, my biggest complaint is I still don't feel like we have our Punisher yet. We're arguably two seasons of Punisher without... He's not there yet. Just this constant directional force. He doesn't have the mission. <clears throat> he doesn't have the mission to wipe out crime. Right. He doesn't have it. 
No, not a not an objective crime sense. He's he's got he's, this, it's, this like, ends he's with my made. war is over, and he's scared of it. Well, it, it's a great character thing, but what mm-hmm. does he do now? So I think it's set up very nicely. It's definitely set up for season two. I think that's where it has to go. Yeah, that's what I want to see. We just becomes this force of nature again, right? All the time, always well, on. Wh- whatever the war is, that's what he's going to be. He just has to see it as his war. Mm-hmm. You know, and he has to acknowledge and act. What I do like about it, and they did, they played with this a, a lot in, in this season about the notion of was he ever going to be happy at home? No, he wants it, he needs it. And that's something that Annis did a lot of, and is even doing it again right now. There's that, the, the platoon uh-huh. series, but he I've did it in Born. So, the idea of like, for all the conversation, the original ideas, Frank Castle, he was fine, he was home, you know, and then they did this too. I was like, no, he wasn't fine. He belonged in the war. He never really left the war. And them doing that and taking out his family, that gave, they kind of gave him the excuse he wanted and needed. You know, because he's this creature that's been made by this and it's what he lives for. You the, know? Yeah, the, the character, that, the kid who creates the uh, pressure cooker bombs, um, a good nuke origin. I know we already have nuke mm-hmm. in, the, yeah. in, in Jessica Jones, but that would have been a good nuke origin. Uh, I, I was it would be it awesome to see that character from Jessica Jones up against Frank Castle. Yeah. If they truly go further with the whole yeah, persona that. and he's roided out and mindless, mm-hmm. that would be pretty badass. That, I think that's a, that'd be a great way to go with it and bring that in, especially considering you know, I mean, all the military stuff that they did with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, There have been some Punisher storylines in recent years where they brought the other you know, um, special ops you know, military unit in to go after him. I actually love that little aside about how, you know, oh, it was frustrating when he couldn't kill people. Because he didn't want to kill the soldiers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he went in to go, go after Agent Orange, yeah, or not Agent Orange, uh, he needed to, to mask the phone. He needed to get to to clone the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, when he goes to snipe Agent Orange, the bullet just sticks. That's, that was awesome. <coughs> it was dead on, but yeah, you know, the, the uh, arm, armor glass. glass. Yeah, it was just that was awesome. I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, Geeks gave us a hit to keep you guys short on this thing, but we I loved it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, very this consistent. was right up there with Daredevil Season 1 for me as far as the Netflix shows go. And uh, What's the next Netflix show? Did we get, is it uh, Jessica Jones or Luke Cage Season 2? Well, Jessica Jones shot first. Right. Because I, I know Luke Cage is done shooting now too, right? So I'm expecting it to be Jessica Jones because so, that was shooting last February. And then, and then and Daredevil Season 3 is, <coughs> is then behind that, right? I don't know if they've started shooting that yet, though. But I'm pretty sure Jessica's done shooting and Luke mm-hmm. Cage is shooting now. Perhaps, yeah. I think that's what it is. It would be fun, though, uh, to see Frank Castle pop in on one of those. Um, and obviously Danny Rand and this whole Marvel thing. Yeah. Well, um, that's just, I, I mean... I'd be disappointed to not see Danny Rand pop into Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting to throw Matt Murdock. I don't think so. I think that the way they set things up on Matt Murdock at the end of Defenders, he's going to be laying low yeah, until his own series. Yeah, until his own series. I think that's how that has to go. Yeah. Um, so you know, my, the commentary before, while I understood about why Karen was in it, so the question was, was it necessary? I will say she wasn't in it as much as I expected. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a good thing. I think she was a good touchstone. Um, but the question becomes, do you need... You know, so fine, we don't have Claire Temple. But do you need someone that ties them together? I like when they do it. Yeah. I don't think you need it. You know? No. I mean, I was... 
absolutely when that when when the this season ended, I was one hundred percent elated and satisfied with what I had just seen. Yeah. From beginning to end, it just felt like a great Punisher series. Yeah. Um, and immediately I forgot all about Thomas Jane, Dolph Lundgren, and Ray Stevenson. Volstag. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Stevenson isn't in the Marvel Universe anymore. Spoilers for Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> um, Geekscape is, I don't know what else we're going to tell you, but I do know that, Ge- that Ian and I will be back in the next two weeks talking a little bit of uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. That Under three weeks. Uh, no, today is the 27th, and that thing comes out the 15th. Yeah. So we're really close. I mean... Yeah, it's going to be a little under three weeks, and it's going to be a rocking time, buddy. Yeah. We're going to be doing that. Uh, Ian and I's birthdays are also within days of each other. His is December 3rd. Yep. Mine is the 5th. So you can clearly, if you're listening to this, um, hit Ian up on Twitter at Ian J. Kerner. L. Ian L. Ian L. That's right. At Ian L. Kerner. I wish him a happy birthday. Um, and what you can do for me for my birthday is you can share the Geekscape subscription feed with all of your friends. You can share Geekscape on Facebook where we're, we've got the page and we've got the Facebook Forever group. You can share Geekscape on Twitter. You can share Geekscape, you know, it makes an excellent stocking stuffer. <laughs> but basically, tell your friends about Geekscape. Help get our subscription numbers up. Uh, it really helps the show out. Write us a review, whatever you get the, uh, the, the feed, whether it's SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher or any other places that Geekscape can be found. Really, really, really helps when you guys read us, uh, leave us a review and share the show with your friends. I love doing these specials with Ian because I think Ian's knowledge and understanding of these characters is unequaled, especially amongst my friends. And so sitting down with him is a pleasure. I know we have a couple dedicated fans on SoundCloud who've left comments here and there uh, about how enthusiastic they are whenever we have a special. Uh, If you go back a week, you'll see the one we did for Justice League. In two, three weeks, we're going to have one up for The Last Jedi. And we did Thor a few weeks ago. And we also did Thor. So if you guys like these specials, we'll keep them coming. Uh, Just keep checking the feed and sharing this with your friends. Um, Ian, love talking Punisher with you. Yep, I think we really, really agreed on this one. Yeah. Because it was really, really awesome. It was solid. We will talk to you guys later on, Geekscapers. I want to say next week, but we're offering you more podcasts than there are weeks. So enjoy. Bye.